Hello there, I'm Kid Champagne Matthew Haberman, and today we are back with another edition of Nostalgia Time. And we have a great show for you tonight. Is We're going to be popping the champagne to one of my favorites. It was part of Nickelodeon, and was part of one of my beloved parts of every Saturday night going to Snick. At 8 o'clock, I just loved watching Saturday Night on Nick. It is The Secret World of Alex Mack. And it's just one of my greatest. We're going to be popping the champagne tonight. And I have two great fans of The Secret World of Alex Mack here with me. First, my good friend and co-host and the host of Unger the Radar, my good friend Randy Unger. Randy, how are you? I'm good, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you're welcome. It's great to have you back in doing this. And also, we had so much fun. We were going to be telling you about our experience in just a moment for what Randy and I had. <laughs> and we'll get into that. <laughs> and also with me, um, the head of Colt Cafe, my good friend Matt Roran. Matt, glad to have you back. Pleasure to be back. And I can see you're in the secret world of Alex Mack's spirit with the hat. And that is one of the key things about it is the hats that all of Alex Mack worn. What's with the hat? <laughs> yeah. So it, this is just this is just great. We're all fans. I mean, we're all fans of uh, Snick here. We all love the Snick lineup, right? So let me just... Oh, yeah. for, um, I'm just going to put a few first things about SNCC. Um, um, Randy, what did you like about the SNCC net, um, lineup on Nickelodeon? I mean, it's been a number of years since I, from when I used to watch Nickelodeon, but I could tell you that I remember uh, just week, weekday afternoons after school, coming home, watching Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, uh, uh, Doug, and... Um, you know, Rocco's Modern Life, like these were some classic children's programs. And The Secret World of Alex Mack was right there at the top. This was a fun show. You know, it's science fiction, it's dramedy, it's exciting. The special effects weren't that good, but the storylines were pretty uh, on point and the acting was good too. And uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was ingrained in my memory. And I still think of Nickelodeon programming to this day as being like, some of the best programming that really shaped me as a kid. And, um, yeah, it, it's just really very memorable stuff. Well, I can, I can, I love Nickelodeon back in the 90s. I think that's what is the true, that's what Nickelodeon stood out. It, nothing can top Nickelodeon in the 90s. Nothing yeah. can. And especially Saturday night was, I was always glued from 8 to 10 on, on their SNCC lineup. I mean, it started out in the original, started with Roundhouse, um, Clarissa Explains It All. I, I forget what the third one was. Um, was it some animation or was it all I mean, it was action? animation. Maybe it was like a Rugrats or Doug or one of those. Yeah, I, I think Snick originally started with the animation. Uh, I believe it started with Doug, Rugrats, uh, Ren and Stimpy. And then I think. Oh, that's what it was. Are you, are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid that? of the dark? It was. That's huh. right. They moved. 
because Ren and Stimpy, they moved from the original Nicktoon lineup on Sundays to Snick because it was more of an uh, um, older kid edition cartoon from the Nicktoons. Right, right, right. The first, yeah, the first lineup was Clarissa, Roundhouse, Ren and Stimpy, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and Rugrats and Doug were on at 7 and 7.30. That's how it was. He didn't and, yeah. and Snake it's, was... It's really a blur, because this is, like, close to 30 years ago, so... Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just remember the the feeling of, of just awe and wonder, and that it's kind of like... It was like magic, really, from that each of these programs uh, instilled in me. Like, it, it really... It just made you feel good, and really great programming. Um, when I have kids, I'm going to... You know, hunt down all the DVDs of all these great shows, including Alex Mack, and I'm going to show them, you know, what great TV was. And one good thing about, and that's how Nickelodeon was, and I, I definitely will be showing these to my kids as well. And for one, this is why Alex Mack is one of my favorites. It was one of that shows that it had that sign because I was a whole big fan of science fiction how with like the chemicals and science it was all cool and I was hooked on it and this show really worked yeah and the cast was great uh, very talented young actors and even uh, the old the the, the parents (laughs) yeah and and Miss Atron and Vince the, the truck driver all of these great actors just they really came together they gelled and they were brought together for a great show it was uh, yeah it was a pretty good cast so let's get down to the rundown for it the secret world of alex mack it was created by thomas lynch and ken Littman. also start it starred larissa olenic derek daris love meredith bishop michael blakely luann gideon and darian lapinto and it aired on Nickelodeon, replacing the Clarissa Explains It All slot on Nickelodeon from 1994 to 1998. And in this, for the story house, Alex Mack was a kid that was starting seventh grade at Daniel A. Tron Junior High School. And, you know, everything was just going, she was just having a hard day. You know, seventh grade, I don't know how, um, we can talk about how, um, our first day as junior high, I mean, I can. It was just, you know, different, a new school, maybe some new friends. And the day was just really hard on her. And then as she was walking home, as um, she is involved and in almost could have gotten hit by a truck from the Paradise Valley chemical plant. And with that, one of the dumps of the chemical known as GC-161 breaks open and she's covered um, from head to toe in this GC-161. And she runs away out of fear for what happened from the accident. And for what, and then what happened is that she developing from these chemical side effects and she developed these powers. And some of these powers was zapping electricity from her fingers, liquefying into uh, some sort of puddle, and also uh, telekinetic powers. And with that alone, um, her sister finds out about that she was involved in, and her best friend, Ray, and they had to develop coming out out of it with these powers. And with that, the chemical plant knew about the accident and that a kid was involved with it. 
and knowing because of the strange things with this chemical and with top secret that it's got out, the chemical plant is determined to find that kid and what to do uh, is uh, is unknown. As most as we get through that, that it is clear that they want this kid eliminated. Uh, probably uh, perform some really horrible experiments on her. You know, cut her open, just really analyze every molecule, and you know, see what's going on physiologically. And basically, she would have the rest of her short life would be horrible, I'm sure, because. <laughs> um, Daniel Atron and Vince, they're pretty sinister people. Um, they're, they're very good villains, but really horrible people. For the way how Daniel Atron was pronounced, it's kind of like, hmm, a, a, a person that was just exit presidency, if you don't mind me saying. Somebody. We don't have to talk about his name. <laughs> no, please, no, never again. <laughs> But in this current, how the show comes out is that she is living um, as a kid and she has these powers, but also that she has to always be due diligent because she knows that the chemical plan is out to find her to do who knows what with her. That was always her fear. Yeah. But, you know, that's how it is. But in the stories of how it is, it was just so... The story was so well thought out, and the cast was so great, and I was just like hooked. It was just—it was not like it wasn't mostly like an action-packed thriller or anything like a lot of TV shows. We want action or drama. It was just like an ordinary kid that has these little powers, and you just have to keep a secret from your parents and knowing the chemical plan. Um, wants to find you and turn you into some experiment. Yeah, in a way, it's it's sort of like a daytime soap opera, but with uh, superpowers. <laughs> so, yeah, it had it had a lot of different genres mixed in. So, I think that combination of different styles and genres really uh, made for a great show. And Matt, what did you think of it? Well, it, it's for me. It's one of those things. Uh, I uh, had I was I guess uh, it started when I was a freshman in high school, uh, which was was an incredibly tough time for me. Uh, I went to a high school where it was it was like days of confused, where like they would hunt down and paddle freshmen, uh, and you know I was just like not a big fan of the, the the high school experience, and I had pretty much like grown out of of children's programming at this point i was 16 so so i uh i i pretty much like didn't watch a lot of like the well cartoons and stuff besides ren and stimpy that was like a go-to thing and i remember watching it and then alex mack started and i was like oh this is this is interesting like the whole like origin is almost like daredevil like the, the the barrel rolling off the truck it's it's like the same origin as him and i was a huge fan of, of comics uh so i you know i just watched it and it was just like like oh this is cool it's like science fiction it's like you know like a, a drama piece it didn't it didn't feel like it was like strictly for children so it you know it didn't 
dumbed down things. So I, I kind of just like got hooked into watching that, uh, and it made me a fan. And I watched it. I think I only watched like the first few seasons, first two maybe, um, and then not until recently had I watched the the final seasons. And uh, even like the way that it's set up, it's great to see a show like presented to a younger audience that has this great storyline. You don't really get that a lot, and especially during that time everything was very episodic and like you know sitcom-esque where you know everything was you know problem began and ended within the episode which i mean you know obviously they have minor problems in each episode but you know winding it down all the way to like the final episode where it's this this grand story about you know basically you know you know you have this girl who's not only is she hiding from a, an evil corporation, her dad works for that corporation. Yeah, and he's like involved in, you know, if he was involved chemical. in the, he was involved in working on the chemical that. Yeah, she was drenched so, in. I, yeah, it, it's very, very comic book esque, like from that, that aspect, and I was very intrigued by that, and I kind of wish I had continued it all the way to the end when it was originally on. I, I watched them now, and yeah. I'm still impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Matt Roran, the, the, the plot definitely flows into, throughout each season yeah. you know, pretty seamlessly, and it feels like it, it's just like a natural progression, which is nice to see in a, in a, in a TV sh- uh, show. And, um, yeah, we don't want a problem just to be uh, rectified at the, in 25 minutes with a you know, cute little red bow. Um, but we, it's nice to see continuity and how the story progresses throughout the season. So yeah, there's, I, I, there's aches and, like, you know, like, there's, there's a real sense of danger yeah. in the show as well. You know, because, I mean, everyone, yeah, I mean, look at Alf, man. Look what, you know, <laughs> they wanted to cut him up. And that was a, that was a comedy. <laughs> and that ended with them like capturing him and wanted to dissect him. So, uh, you know. <laughs> well, one Touché. thing about this show is that I liked it. It had its beginning and it had its end. And that's how you run a successful TV show. You know, yeah. we all been talking like some issues of how, and even some that I feel like that I love, you know, Salute Your Shorts, um, Hey Dude, and... Um, there are th- those are just a couple or even um are you afraid of the dark when it had its few runs they didn't really have it um they didn't really have they were just canceled and they didn't yeah, really have no resolution there was no Whereas, resolution like, this this it, it, it's so great that it's like it didn't run too long and it gets wrapped up which is like and and leaves it open for possibly more yeah uh, was this four seasons or five? It was four seasons. And four. that's what I liked about The Secret World of Alex Mack. The show was as successful. It had its full beginning, middle, and ending. So, and you know what? One thing I have to say is, now we're going to be getting into this, and I'll put this on, and we're going to be talking about it. Um, but Randy and I, we had the opportunity to speak with... Um, some members of the Alex Secret World of Alex Mack family, and that will be coming exclusively to the Unger the Radar channel on exclusively on YouTube, and that'll be up within the next coming weeks. 
Um, we will get into that in a little bit, just a little preview. But one thing was just uh, beautifully cast. And yep. I have to say, Tom Lynch did a fine job. And his casting uh, style and and how he wanted it is very, very rigorous. And you know he told us on that one, right, Randy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he really wrangled some great kid actors for this. Um, you really believe that what's happening on screen is, is real. I mean, it, and the sense of urgency, like Matt Roran was uh, mentioning, it's definitely present throughout pretty much every single episode. And these young actors really pulled it off. And you really, you're there with them and you're rooting for Alex. You want her to get away. You want her to have a somewhat normal life. And uh, yeah, it's just very, very talented cast in this show. So in for the cast members, um, first cast as Alex Mack was Larissa Olenek, the teenage girl who started seventh grade and get drenched with the chemical GC-161. And we all know that it's, it's her part for going through life with these powers and making sure that she keeps it away from her parents. Um, she tells a couple of people, well, a couple of people know about her secret, and that is her best friend Ray and her sister Annie. And her best friend Ray was played by Darius Love, who was his best, who was Alex's best friend. Um, feels like it's cool and uh, and also has fun knowing that Alex has the powers, and sometimes he benefits from it as well. <laughs> uh, we also have a Meredith Bishop who played Annie Mac, who is um, Alex's sister, very science nerdy, and in the end. Um, just loves science, <laughs> but also Alex tries to teach her to be um, somewhat laid back and cool and tries to have fun as well. Luann Gideon, who plays Daniel A. Tron, who is also the CEO and who is the villain mostly in this, um, the CEO of the Paradise uh, Valley Chemical Plant. She plays off at the stern boss, you know, like, no one really likes her in real life. She knows, like, she is a terrible person. Don't you think so, um, Madden, Randy? Oh, my God. Um, she is, like, personified evil. Yeah, classic villain. Yeah, she, like, she, they ripped her straight from, you know, like, uh, like a Disney film, like an animated Disney villainess. And, um, she's just so fun to watch in this show. Um, unfortunately, uh, Luan Gideon passed away, and uh, but she left behind such a great legacy, a great, great performances. Um, not only in this, but also she had uh, a relatively memorable role for me, anyway, uh, on Seinfeld. Uh, she played the mother of a girl Jerry was dating, and uh, kind of like a Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate type of character. But, uh, yeah, she was she was the perfect villain, villainess in uh, in Alex Mack. I will also tell you, she was very close friends with um, uh, Brian Cranston. Oh, okay. Who was also on Seinfeld. <laughs> it's also from one of my favorite shows, Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, Matt Haberman, I think um, we may have to do a show on that at some point. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> nice. I didn't want to put you on the spot or anything, but it's a great show. 
<laughs> we also have on this John Marzell, who played Vince, the head of security from... So good. And, which, uh, <laughs> let me just say one thing um, for this. Vince and Daniel Atron is like a good pair. Mm. I'm like, I thought like sometime that there would be a love affair between Vince and Daniel Atron. <laughs> I mean, behind the, behind the scenes, there were some scenes like their inter, their the their chemistry and their interplay. It kind of seemed like something was going on there. Yeah, but Vince so was be- very loyal to Daniel Atron in every single way, even though for what it is, say what you want about Vince. I like the guy for his loyalty. That's what I liked about that character. His loyalty through he just... I mean, even though I don't... He was one of those evil... Like those evil henchmen trying to find that kid. And we know like what he would do. is like something really, really nasty to that kid. You see it in his eyes. That there would be something... Something bad will happen. If you get found by Vince. You don't want to be... Found by Vince. Am I correct? He was pretty sinister, pretty vile. And that voice was so good. Like, he had such a unique... I guess you'd go like a a Jersey, New Yorker accent, or even Boston. It's hard to... Just like a a general tough guy accent. And, uh, you know, I just... I loved every scene that he was in. He was just so good. Why she had to fire him, I don't know. I think it should have been... I think there should have been more of a story arc to Vince for how for how it led to him out. But I guess for all those times failing to find that kid, you lose your job. Well, I mean, he tried multiple occasions, but eh. oh, well, <laughs> he tried. Now, for one, uh, I've always wanted to there's. And I've just learned this too on IMDb that for the creation, why was it called GC one sixty one? And I mean, Randy, you and I went over this as well. Uh, that GC one sixty one was actually created from his from his father or from his family for what GC because he was he was a real scientific he was a science genius for what I've heard from his fathers and then. 161 equals 8. Once 1 plus 6 plus 1 is 8 because it was 8 years old, I think, when he timed that he taught him this. Is that the correct from that? I think that's pretty accurate. Um, did it also, did you find out what the GC stood for as well? I, I uh, As far from what I've been hearing, it's uh, general chemical. <laughs> And the eight means what again? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think for the eight means because he was eight years old by the time that he learned about um, all this in science. Okay. Plus, it sounds cool. GC one sixty one. So maybe that's why they picked it. As well. And you know, with it for what I said, you know, with that chemical, she had some great powers. I want to just yeah. put this out to you guys. Which one of those powers would you have loved to have? <laughs> um, I mean, what telekinesis is that? What moving stuff with your mind? That's moving that's stuff in your mind. Telekinetic telekinesis. Cool. Yeah, I like that. 
The, the primary ones was the telekinetic abilities, the zapping bolts, electricity, um, and liquefying into a puddle. I think, and, and as she got older, some powers were so she was able to liquefy others while she was liquefying. Um, and, and and was able to liquefy her clothes, uh, which in the first episode she is not. <laughs> right. And. and with her shooting uh, electricity out of her fingers, can she intensify the electricity, or is it always going to be the same strength? Do we know? <laughs> I mean, I think that would have been up to, like, she probably could have intensified the strength. I would think so. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> um, also, like, there was other things, like, if she had other chemicals... Um, reacted to her like when she had curried rice, she was able to get super strength. Oh, really? Oh, I, did, I missed that one. <laughs> and also, there was one where she was just like hyper focused, tensive for like detective, something like that. <laughs> like uh, x ray vision almost. I think so. Oh, there was also one where a chemical where she got laced with split her in uh, split her personalities into the so there was a double of Alex Mack in one episode where she was one was good the other was almost pure uh, evil like uh Superman 3 when uh Superman gets kind of split into two characters we can, one's evil one's actually no was it yeah he 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 slowly becomes like evil and doesn't care about anything and then he has a fight with Clark Kent, who like detaches himself from his body. It's a strange scene. Sorry, I'm I'm digressing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, of course, Matt, you've seen that episode. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 always cool to see them do the the where the actress get. To, to to play the dual role of the the separate personalities. I mean, it, it's something that I always enjoy whenever they do on any kind of show or movie. It, it it really you get to see like the person's you know different sides of of the character, which is always nice because it's amplified you know evilness or goodness or whatever. Um, and I, I like seeing people when they turn into badasses because it's hysterical. Yeah. Uh, much like Stefan Urkel. Uh. <laughs> oh. Family Matters is definitely going to be coming on Nostalgia Time, people. Yes. I will be having an episode of that coming up. Uh, but, oh, oh. The, the, the playing field is so large for this show, as you know. <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, pretty much anything on TGIF uh, from like the late 80s to the mid 90s. Uh, game on for me. Game on. <laughs> Do it. So, another going back with Alex Mack right now, um, I'm going to be getting into this right now. Uh, for Randy and I, we had the special treat. And let me just say thank you, Randy, for getting this set up. Um, but also, uh, Randy and I had the privilege to interview Tom Lynch, Darius Love, Jason Strickland, and Natanya Ross. Um, we did that a couple of weeks ago, and I just got to say that was one of the best times of my life. And, and j just even putting on for the show, talking about all these shows, but 
to be able to talk to these actors for their experiences um, almost like one-on-one exclusive for that whole time like I felt like they and we did it right in Zoom it was like they were right in my house pretty much they were right in my house <laughs> pretty much Matt and um, I'll just say that they actually did a larger reunion uh, in 2018 to celebrate the 20th uh, anniversary of their last uh, season but we had a mini re- re- reunion 2.0 um, so we had Tom Lynch the co-creator he was really cool oh my god um, he was really cool and, and let's just yeah. say um, Tom Lynch was also a creator of some of my other favorites on Nickelodeon The Journey of Alan Strange 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd and one of my favorites on the Disney Channel, the Jersey. Oh, nice. Yeah, he he has an eye for content, like quality content, and I'm just so grateful that he brought Alex Mack into our lives. Just a fun show; everyone should enjoy it, young and old. Um, we had we had Tom Lynch, we had uh, Darius Love, who played Daryl. He was very cool. He was uh, on his way to the Super Bowl on his cell phone at the time, but uh, we, we, we managed to squeeze a few questions in for him. Uh, Natanya Ross was also very, very cool, very laid back, and uh, actually connected. she connected me with Jason Strickland, uh, another actor on the show. Actually, the, the, the crush. Alex Mack has her a big crush on throughout much of the show. Not so, to mention yeah. who we worked together, who also had her big, that was her big break. We did not get to interview her, unfortunately, but Jessica Alba. And one thing <laughs> I, I just like for what Tom said is like, you're going to love your girlfriend on the show. You're going to love your girlfriend on the show. And dang, he did. He got to, did he say he got to make out with her or he definitely had a lot of scenes with her. Well, one of the episodes that we're going to be discussing tonight, he did, there was some uh, Mm -hmm. good parts that we're going to be having with Jessica Alba. She wasn't that much. I mean, in the first, she was in the first season, like in uh, quite a few episodes to be Mm -hmm. exact, but she was always kind of the villain, like a slight villain. Like she was a bully basically to Alex. I mean, throughout much of the first season, Please, any of the girlfriends of of Scott in when during the show was pretty much a, a rival yet bully to Alex Mack. You don't want to. St- it's like you want Scott, but I have him. You can't have him. Don't yeah. do what I would do. I'm on to you. I know what your plan is. <laughs> you better watch your back. Pretty much. But we didn't get to speak with Jessica Alba, unfortunately, but um, I'm sure she was there in spirit. Yeah, but it was just uh, just those, those stories that um, he said was just amazing. And it's like, oh my, and wow. And one thing I know about um, with Tom is that, you know, he never settled for something less. And all his cast gave everything... 100% for the show and you see it in that show 100% and they gave it to him this guy has a, a lot of respect in Hollywood mm-hmm. yeah and he's like again he certainly picked his actors very very well and that's pretty much the main driving force behind the show's success is the characters and the actors playing those characters 
Packers. So, yeah, Tom Lynch, thank you, sir. That was. I mean, yeah. you can see, and even for how much that um, with Natanya and Jason and Darius, how much, you know, um, for what they pray for, all that they, they had nothing but good things to say about Tom Lynch. And he even and one thing also that I'm going to put out, like, you know, we've been hearing, like, the stories of, like, you know, things like, of what happened on the show, like, um, verbal abuse or abuse. Or, uh, none of that happened on any of his shows, and he would not even tolerate it. Hmm. Yeah. So if you know, if you, like, if it's, if you're, like, you're a parent, you have a child actor... You go on to one of his shows, I will say this, you know that your child will be safe. Yeah. Yeah, he was basically like their their like godfather, a lot of these child actors, and he like took them under his wing and he made them shine. And yeah, they all said in that on in the interview that, you know, he wouldn't let any harm fall on them. So he was Ex- just a Exactly. Real- and he also he helped what is it, Darius, um, get a car. Like he, he helped them um, help them through life in some of these ways. Yeah. During their formative years, like, what, 13, 14, up until, yeah. you know, throughout high school, these, it's really, it's really great to, to hear, uh, you know, stories like that from Tom. And they, I, and they said they couldn't, they had their, um, rap parties at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Awesome. Matt Roran, I wish you were there. It was a it was a good good interview. <laughs> Sorry. So I mean, it was just I mean, I had so much fun. I wish I could have gone more. I mean, uh, for Tom Lynch, there's so much stories that he could possibly tell, and I hope I get the opportunity to talk to him again one of these days. Again, Randy, thank you for setting this up, and yeah. again. This is going to be up on the Unger the Radar channel. That's Unger with a G. Exclusively on YouTube. This is a Nostalgia Time and Unger the Radar special event. And there could be more coming, depending for what we have. Um, my mind is just blown by it. And hopefully we can get some more of these in the future going. Oh, yeah. You know, this is what I do. This is what I love. I love connecting people um you know connecting inter you know, just not not just interviews but you guys you connecting you to to the stuff we love to watch and to just talk about it and relive the magic i'm, I'm all about magic you know and alex mack there's a ton of magic that uh each episode gave us so you know i, I love bringing people and that magic together so and speaking of episodes, that's the next thing we're going to be talking about. One thing that I love about talking about these TV shows is rewatching episodes and giving our reviews about it. Am I right? Yes. So, yes. I, I mean, we just, like, one of the episodes we reviewed is the pilot. We pretty much, and I pretty much summed up what the pilot was already. Um, I think it was well followed out and it's definitely great for the beginning. Definitely shows up what is... Um, to become of Alex Mack and what we can see. Um, just a review of the pilot. Um, again, Randy, Matt, take it away. What are your reviews for the pilot? Matt Roran, after you. Right, well, like like I said, it was it was something that uh, you know it it definitely caught my attention, uh, and and 
roped me into the the story itself. Uh, you know, I just thought it it it, it handled the subject really like really well in like a, a tight package. You know, it, it there was no filler. It was it went straight into you know, I mean. You see, the ac- the accident is within the first like five minutes of the, of the episode. It's kind of like, you know, the way it moves along is just like, and uh, you know, but before you knew it, the episode was over, and you were wanting more. I just liked how it was like at the end of the pi- at the end of the episode, you know, everything was like going haywire, and then you hear Daniel Atron goes, um. Have a good night's sleep, kid. Tomorrow is another day. <laughs> we knows that Daniel Atron is after you. Yeah. Yeah, sinister. Um, and I think a, a, a bunch, if not all, the scenes in the um, the opening title sequence are taken from the pilot. So, yeah. and her, her um, I love her narration at the during the whole opening title. Because um, it really it sums up the entire problem that she's facing, her the entire adventure that she's about to go on. And, and you love the theme song too from it, Randy. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so Tomlin said that they wanted Danny Elfman originally, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. I'm sure he was way too expensive. Um, that would have been an amazing theme, but yeah. yeah. But uh, we got you can hear that that element. Yeah. Of, of, it's, of, it, of, of second rate Elfman, you know? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, it, it, it's like, uh, you know, every once in a while, I love when they do that, when when they really want a song or, an, uh, you know, Ghostbusters, for instance, where it's like they wanted Huey Lewis, couldn't get Huey Lewis, ripped off his song completely, you know? <laughs> it's like, I want a new drug, is now Ghostbusters. I they know. Did it for, uh, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter wanted Enter Sandman to be the opening credits song and instead it's just a metal song that sounds like pretty much like that song oh that's funny i mean it's a good opportunity for lesser known composers to kind of shine. Oh. so I, I like being an understudy on a broadway you know yeah yeah that's a good that's a good comparison <laughs> but, but, but we got a pretty good uh, pretty good theme here yeah. uh, in the sweet secret world of alex mack it's, oh it's like, yeah we did i love the theme song it's like twinkly. It's it's kind of sci-fi comedy-ish. It's got a great style, great flavor to it. So, um, yeah, yeah, great, great thing. Yeah. And and that's what sets off. And I do like going into it from the beginning of the theme song to the and to the ending where they have it again. Um, and it just makes the show like exciting to watch. So the next episode we have is called the videotape. And during this, Alex is on a class trip to the Paradise Valley chemical plant. Um, in this, that um, it's kind of really much like a career day type of thing where all the classes doing like um, split up in the chemical plant, doing like separate jobs um, as an apprentice. One of them, Alex, is an apprentice to her father, George Mack, um, but also going through it, Vince and Dave, who was the truck driver. Um, they had a plan that they think that the kid is at the chemical plant that day. So what they have is a bunch of security cameras 
checking and they're determined to look at all the videotapes of all the kids to find out if anything stands out that this could be the kid from the accident. And little for what it is, Alex unwittingly shows off her powers in front of a video camera. And now, with her assistance with Ray and Annie, they have to break they have to break into the chemical plant and sneak through before Daniel, Atron, and Vince and Dave can get a chance to see the video. <laughs> and this is where we kind of like know that she has to make you know. That's one thing about Alex is like one one of the rules that Annie came up with her is that don't ever use your powers in public because you never know if the chemical plant is out there to find them. And that yeah. this is just one of the things that she mistakenly always uses her powers in public and sometimes to find it. And most of the time she is very careful, but some of the time there are those mistakes that happen. And, and Which we'll talk about even more uh, in future episodes. There, There's, you know, a couple very uh, bad mistakes she makes. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is one of my... Uh, uh, one of my favorite episodes because it comes into the brink like she is in danger and she has to get out of it before they find her. Uh, Randy, what did you think of it? My favorite aspect of this episode was Ray and how he became like Daniel Atron's uh, assistant, apprentice. Oh, yeah. Was, was like, and Ray... he's, like, he's got like a huge power trip. He thinks he's like really important. And she doesn't even like acknowledge his existence. Like, she hates this kid she's like get out of my office like this and he's like he's acting so full of himself it's it's really really funny to see um it's a great sh showcase for uh daris loves comedy and um he did a really good job in that episode i also liked uh alex you know just running around the the, the lab the, the facility trying to get the tape try to you know conceal her identity and uh yeah it's just it's a nice little caper and she's like running around and it's just a it's just a fun episode. Yeah, I definitely love the the caper aspect of, of the episode. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's you know we you know the, the you know the the shots from the video cameras and everything. Yeah, I, I just love the way that they play with that. And also, Alex uh, having zero interest in uh, her father's yeah. job. <laughs> that <laughs> was definitely so one. Uh, I also uh, liked of how. Um, Vince was like training like people that were out in the security they're like some sort of army waiting for security like he was like this drill sergeant yeah yeah it was just a really well made episode and it it showcased pretty much all the actors talents yeah and um, again had a great flow like every other episode yeah and there's I mean I love pretty much I mean I love pretty much all uh, a bunch of episodes and this is I picked these out because these are some of my favorites one of my next favorite is you know when when we came back you know when Tom Lynch says you you're gonna love your girlfriend first for, for uh, Jason when he played Scott so this is more this is like a crush moment for uh, Alex and Scott in a way and it's the school dance and um, the school dance is coming up at Danielle Atron Jr. High School. And what more than Alex would want is to Scott to be her date for the dance. And Alex is determined to go out to the school dance with Scott. But she has to compete with 
um, Scott's girlfriend, Jessica. Also played was played by Jessica Alba. I guess they did not have like another character character name for it, so they just called her Jessica. <laughs> it happens for his affection. <laughs> um, and with it, you know, pretty much all seems to be um, not so great. But what Alex does is that she uses her powers on Jessica to make it like a really bad day, so that she can just get her at least one dance with Scott. And then at the end of it, you know, he goes back with Jessica. But then who comes to the rescue is, is no more than his best friend, Ray. And I got to tell you, Ray is such a good guy. And I mean, I like this, you know, this episode. It's like, it's for what we said, it's like, you want him, you want him, but you can't have him. Yeah. And doesn't uh, Ray ask Alex to the prom or to the dance himself? I think, yes. And she turns him, turns him down, unfortunately, saying, I think she considered him to be like a brother. Um, and that's a, a real slap in the face to, for a girl to reject you in that way. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a life lesson for Ray. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah. And Matt, what did you think of it? Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's a great you know, episode in the showcase the the uh, that that relationship between them because also like Ray kind of only asked her he, like he didn't really feel anything for her either like that mm-hmm. but kind of felt bad for her yeah. that no one was asking her so he thought it was like his duty so of course they have that whole thing where you know they talk about how like oh well you'll never understand <laughs> you know uh, what women want so it's one of those episodes but. The, uh, the, the I love all the the stuff she does to uh, Jessica Alba's character at the dance to like get that one dance, <laughs> and then you know it's like the fans and all that you know you know they get they get pretty creative with with, with uh, deterrence <laughs> for, for for squeezing that dance. This is all teenage life back in, like, the days of middle school. There's nothing like the days of middle school, am I right? I hated middle school, but okay. (laughs) You know what, same with me. (laughs) The days in school for a kid are not as great as you think they are. (laughs) Growing pains. That'll be a different episode, by the way. That'll be a different episode. (laughs) Although I was not much into growing paints, but... (laughs) Okay, then it won't be. (laughs) (laughs) On our next episode we have is uh, Alex and Mom. Now, in this episode, uh, Alex, um, in the beginning, she gets a preview movie. um, I forget what it was called, but with her friends. Um, But she had wanted to ask someone to go with her. The crush, Scott. (laughs) And as she was trying to ask him, um, Alex's mother comes along and asks her um, to do, um, to get the groceries, to give him to make, it was her turn to make dinner tonight, and ruins her plans. <laughs> and then on that, I think what was, there was a, I guess there was miscommunication, and um, Annie and her dad were not going to have dinner tonight. <laughs> 
And with it comes uh, a little fight with Alex and her mother because she could have gone to the movies and everything. And after all that, she decides to mess up with her work papers where she has a big um, a big meeting uh, with her public relations firm for uh, Daniel Atron. Oh, the beloved Daniel Atron, right? Um, and with that, but because of the meeting didn't go so well, she's um, at a threat to lose her job. But with that, the next day, um, Scott invited her to a pool party at his house. And she tries to show off her powers with a little water polo to try to make Scott's eye. But then again, Annie comes to say, you know, that she really needs a good conscience to help out her mother um, to make sure that this plan works out so that she doesn't lose her job. And this is one of my favorite episodes because, you know, there are those times where, you know, um, your parents and your kids, you know, you get into those arguments, you know, for you got to be responsible. And it's one of those kind of little family issues that happens in real life. Um, and that's why it also teaches you, you know, things happen, but, you know, you got to go through with it. Uh, what do you guys think? Randy, we'll start with you. So this mo- uh, this episode was uh, one of the few that you had sent us to watch. Because for me, it's been definitely over t- uh, 20 years since I've seen any of these episodes. So I'm, I'm glad you sent those. Um, uh, yeah, so this is basically, this episode definitely highlighted the relationship between Alex and her mom. Um, it really focused on the mother and her her career uh, in the span of like a day or two where she's like really on thin ice with Daniel Atron. Um, you know, she's, she's very, uh, she's in danger of losing her job. And the scenes of her, um, you know, not having a certain file or presentation, you know, they're really cringeworthy. And like, you really feel for her. Like she's, you can see that she's, uh, you know, she's struggling with her work and she's failing and she might get fired. So I was really invested in um, Mrs. Mack's uh, storyline. And this was probably one of my favorite episodes just because of that, because it just felt real. Like it was just really good acting yeah. on um, her, her part, the actress's part. So. Yeah, it's definitely great in, an, in a show like this to have those episodes that really like develop the characters of the parents. Because that's another thing on a lot of kid shows you don't get as often is is like the story of like how, you know, what her day, the mom's day is like, what the dad's day is like. And both the parents on the show are very well developed. And of course, are both so connected with <laughs> the chemical and everything, you know. So it's, it, it, you know, it only adds a, another layer uh, a very interesting layer to this this story, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of um, Clarissa explains it all and her parents. They... Yeah, M- Mitchell and uh, her mom. I I, uh, I can't remember. Right. I, I I remember what they look like. That's about. I it. just remember the father had curly hair and yeah. glasses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. Well, we know uh, that um, we'll definitely talk because I do like Clarissa explains it all, and that will be yeah. definitely in another episode. Definitely. Um, but it, it just shows, like you know, you know that mother-daughter relationship, you know. But as a coming, you know, you're a teenager, like you, you want your parents will, you know, feel you're old enough to give you more responsibilities to do, and they expect you to do them. 
and but then again you don't but it also shows you know it also depends like you know and this was Alex's mistake you know she didn't think you know messing up her papers would be that bad but it turned out it it did you know and that's also a threat to your livelihood you know if you lose your job you know how you're going to pay for everything you know the struggle for finding a new job it's not all that easy I think we all know Especially that pretty. That, town, that, that this seems to be the only business in town. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you can either work in the school or or for this company. That's it. Like, yeah, those are like the only sets that they. <laughs> I don't think they they ever ate anywhere else in this. No, there was like sometimes where they had those restaurant they, scenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they I had think like the fifties style. We knew there was a movie theater, so yeah. It's like, Yes. But we do see, uh, like, for everything, for what it is, like, the town yeah. main um, economic structure was the chemical plant. Yeah, I mean, there the was nothing plant. else we know. It was always the chemical plant, the chemi- the plant, the plant, the okay. plant. <laughs> yeah, anytime you saw, like, uh, you know, a shot of, like, something on the news, it was because of the chemical plant. You know, it's like, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it probably employed, well, actually, you find out how many of the parents and whatever involved, it employed him. Pretty much everybody, everyone's parents worked there. Pretty much, so like a small town in the middle of America. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's how like a lot of it's like you know these small town like there's maybe this like one big factory that everybody works at. You yeah. know, they all go in at nine and they all leave at five or. Yeah, and then then you know I mean it. it, it uh, I forget where it was recently. But there was a town like that where, you know, the factory shut down and pretty much everyone had to move. So, which is also... There is one... Also a story of uh, Nomadland, actually. That uh, happened in that movie as well. Ah, uh, great movie. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it, how it was. Um, everything was focused on the chemical plant. Now, going into our next uh, episode review, it's the new kid in town. And this one brings, introduces us to a new um, character in the show named Louis Driscoll. And it was Rape of Friends, the new kid um, who moved from Cincinnati. Now, Louis Driscoll is kind of like this um, trying to be cool type of kid, but always like gets into like that little sorts of trouble. And sometimes you just can't trust him enough. And Alex quickly becomes annoyed and jealous over Ray and spending more time with him. And this, uh, I mean, I like this one because it also, you know, it gives another good friend to Ray. But it also, like, um, brings in another uh, friend to the group for Alex. I mean, there was also some um, trouble that Lewis got into. But uh, Alex uses his po- her powers to try and stop him from getting hurt seriously. I mean, why couldn't they all, all three of them just get along? I mean, you know, there was like a, so much animosity and tension between these three. Yeah, well, I, I mean, even even it's like rewatching this episode, and I'm just thinking like, even though I was probably very similar to the Lewis character when I was his age, uh, I was like, man, I don't like this kid. 
<laughs> like, I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of an ass. And I'm like, oh, I mean, it reminds me of me. What an ass. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, that, that type of, I mean, there's definitely moments in my life where I remember, because it's like, I ha- always had, like, that one friend, you know, that I always hung out with. And when there's a new person introduced that they start hanging out with, it's like, but that's my guy. Like, that's, that's my friend, you know. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely like a, a territorial thing. And, and you can definitely feel for, I mean, all three of the characters, you can understand where they're coming from. You know, because it's always nice to have, like, someone else to talk to. But, of course, that also brought in the whole having a member of this group who doesn't know the secret and you cannot trust with the secret. No. And right. let me just tell you, that is going to be one of the episodes that we will be talking about just after the next one we talk. <laughs> and you can tell why he is not trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely uh, you know a hard place for for all three of those characters because it's yeah. like being new. Uh, you know, also like your like best friend is upset with you, and then the whole idea that like maybe your best friend likes this person better, yeah. and you could lose your best friend, basically. So, and uh, throw puberty into the mix, and you've got well, a wonderful like, show. <laughs> Yeah, but um, Matt Ron, you you were like Lewis Driscoll as a kid. I, I think so. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of annoying and like cranky eh. and like you know like oh, like you're likable. You're not like I think Lewis Driscoll. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I gotta say, I, 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 I do like, like how yeah, I, I'm sure you were. I do like how I, like, I, like his style. I, like that kid. <laughs> I do like Lewis's style, like how he dressed and everything right. with like the fedoras and. He dressed it kind of like, you know, hey, you know what? I like that style. I like that look on him. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of like Ducky in, um, what was it, 16 Candles? Pretty, pretty pink. pink. Pretty pink. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's like, I, I, I basically uh, lived that Louis Driscoll life. So that was, that was me in, in middle school. <laughs> I mean that. I mean, there's always a Lewis Driscoll out there in the school, no matter how how it is. There's always that kind of like that little jerk in in your in your core group of friends. It's so, inevitable. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a sad realization to watch something like this and realize, like, man, I was the Lewis Driscoll of the group. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And now to our next episode. Now this one I had to I had to do this one where the where the roles are kind of reversed in this one. That's the secret world of Ray Alvarado. And after this, so in this episode, um how it goes is that Alex um and Ray are actually running from Vince for somehow reason I guess he found out who Alex was. And then for some freak accident, a lightning bolt strikes and transfers on the powers from Alex to Ray. And in it, um, uh, Ray is actually a little bit hands off with the powers and tells everyone that he got his powers. 
And it comes out where Atron and Ray are like really happy about this and haven't done really anything. Or so that we think about. And then they start doing some, they make like a whole big company from out of a Russ. And then they start, they're going to be starting doing experiments on him. And as he knows, he has to try to escape from it. <laughs> and then like he pops up and then like it's kind of like all a bad dream. I mean, I like this episode because it shows like how fun Ray is it if like he had the powers. And it, yeah, it, yeah, the episode starts out with, you know, basically him trying to get Alex to use her powers to cheat for him in baseball. And, you know, it's kind of like a whole like, well, I would do it for you kind of thing. And then it's like you see him with the powers and, you know, it's all he wants. You know, he just wants to show it off. Yeah. It's so good. Like, again, um. Darius Love demonstrating some really good acting skills here. And I think this episode, the premise would have been perfect for like a, a feature length film. I mean, it was sort of used in Rookie of the Year, but, um, you know, that character, he didn't flaunt his abilities so openly and like he you know, was like Slam Dunk Ernest. That, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but he really reveled in in the publicity, and he really he milked it for all it was worth, and it was really fun to watch. This is probably that, one that, of- that first scene with him with the powers, where he's just standing in the schoolyard, and he's like, "All right, who wants to fly?" Like, okay, you <laughs> now you fly. Like, you know, he's just like, it's yeah. And his, he wants to, like, you know, have fun, go out, you know, with Alex and his friends. But he can't because the lab technically owns him. Yeah. And, you know, the, the father's uh, reluctance to sign his son's life away. Like, it was really, it was a well-made episode. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, you just can't, um, when, when those things happen, you just never know. But then again, you know. In the end, the chemical plant wanted to find you and turn you into some experiment or to find out. So that threat was always there. And even if it wasn't for Alex, it would have been on Ray the same way. But that's how, like, one of those things looks like with this company. You know what? Okay, you have this. You know, let's make you feel good first before and everything. And then we're going to disguise it. Okay. (laughs) Bait and switch. (laughs) That's what it is. Bait and switch. That should have been the name of the episode. If it wasn't, was that wasn't the name of it. That was the secret world of Ray Avalara. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, right. And you know what? Um, I think I mistakenly said Daryl instead of Ray earlier for Daryl's Love's character. I kind of meshed both names together. But, yeah, you guys probably didn't notice what I did. But, yeah, I know it's Ray now. So it's Ray. <laughs> That's okay. Now... Now, going into this, this is, like, pretty much, these last two um, were pretty much the part one and part two of the series finale of The Secret World of Alex Mack. It's pretty much what, everything that Alex had feared long ago. So, in this, um, and then what we have learned also throughout the show for what GC-161 was supposed to be made. It was supposed to be made as a weight loss drug. And they do all that testing. Well, let me tell you something. 
you know, they, you know, we all have like the fear, you know, for losing weight and like, you know, having this wonder drug where we can lose weight and just eat what we want. Never. It's like that too good to be true type of thing, right? I'll tell you, if you turn into a, a puddle of silver goo, I think you'll be less than what you weigh. So win-win. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you want to have a bunch of like thousands of people getting that on the shelves and then zapping electricity fingers and then... Yeah. Yeah. Moving things with their minds. I mean, did they not test this stuff? Like, what were they doing? They totally did test it. it. They talk about it, too. And then, like, in, in, the, in the last two episodes, you know, that there are many terrible side effects <laughs> that, you know, they basically, you know, cover up. Yeah, like it's kind of like they just want to get the drug out there. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's make it's, money. It's kind of like, you yeah. know, kind of like yeah. a quick buck. I don't care what happens to you. All I care about is the money. And that's yeah. that's like a kind of like a thing where that this is like that's what Daniel Atron was like. I don't care what they do as long as it makes me money. And with that alone, this episode is called Paradise Lost. And what it is is that Daniel Atron is just moments away from releasing her GC-161 chemical as an enhanced weight loss drug throughout the country. And also with this, um, Lewis finds out about Alex Mack's secret that she was the kid that was drenched with the chemical GC-161. And, you know out of the mistake that she was uh, looking to morph into a puddle and with it uh, Lewis was trying to squirt her and that's how she found out about it snuck up on her and then witnessed the transformation yeah (laughs) and with that she told her like everything and pleads with uh, Lewis not to tell and I can tell you from that scene of like that's not good he's gonna tell someone he's gonna tell um, but also, he isn't careful as um, the others. And, you know, as he was walking, you know, he talks to Ray on a cell phone. And even Ray was like, you know, there could be people... Hey, my cell phone right now? <laughs> Hang up! Now! I was like, you know, because people could be hearing these things. And he, he damn, we're right. <laughs> and with it, uh, in that... Um, you know, he gets uh, kidnapped and put into a van... And they try to interrogate him. It's like, who has these special powers? And he just um, panics right away. And with that alone, also with that, Alex was dealing with that, you know, the GC1 was coming onto the shelves. Um, Danielle Atron let her father go, so he lost, fired her, so he lost her job. So everything around this was crashing on Alex at the time. And wasn't yeah. for her friend Hunter... Um, was telling her that it might be time to tell her parents about it before things are too late. But things got too late as the uh, guards from the chemical plants show up to take Alex and they take her to um, to the chemical plant. And they trapped her in a case knowing that this is what Daniel Atron wanted to bring her to testing. She finally found the kit and she finally got what she wanted. I mean, it was a scary time. This is exactly what Alex had feared all along. Yeah. It was the, the whole series, like, finally coming to this dramatic conclusion that you, you hoped wouldn't happen, 
but you kind of knew what eventually happened. Yeah. That all roads led to this, and it kind of felt like the un the unveiling of like a, a fine like Avengers Endgame. Like you know, it's like all yeah. these all these episodes that were leading to this huge climactic battle reveal. You know, she's finally contained. She's trapped. She's you know, Daniel. It looks like Daniel Atron uh, has won, and um, this is it. This is the final. Uh, moment moment of truth and we all know like the history for like daniel atron she was like this ruthless there was a lot of people that hated her too i mean it was just like like knowing this like and you know like when someone like this and like in all stories like all the issues come to bite you and they bite you hard and this was like one where it just came crashing crashing down on her When when that all comes, there comes light. But there's also some things that had to be revealed from this. And that comes in the part two, which was called Paradise Found. Um, after, Alex was, after Alex was being kidnapped from the chemical plant, she finds herself trapped inside the plant, as you know. Also, Daniel Atron plans uh, kidnapped both her parents. And it was time for Alex to finally tell the truth because uh, both her parents, George and Barbara, they didn't even know like what was going on. Why did they want uh, Alex all this time? And it turned out that, you know, she had to reveal the truth that she was the kid that was drenched in GC-161 for her time uh, in junior high. So she tells her everything, um, tells them everything. And at the point... Um, Alex's father said if she came to him at the very beginning, Daniel Atron would have been stopped a long time ago and he could have protected her. There could have been no need for any of this. But it all came by like, you know, when those kind of situations, and I'll just put this out there, you, you know, you just don't know what to do. You, you're probably, if you came like in this, like, Oh my God, what am I do? Should I not say anything? Do I say anything? Like, what will happen to me? What, like, I don't even know. There was like, when, when there was like a bunch of things that were coming down, like, you don't know what the best choice was to make. Yeah, to, to hide something like that or to not hide it, it's a, it's a very big decision. And, you know, we've seen this many times in movies and TV. Um, what comes to mind right now is uh, E.T. Basically, they're hiding this creature from another planet, and they don't know whether the government is going to come and arrest them and, you know, take E.T. away and cut him off for science, you know. So it's it's like a, a very serious moral dilemma that Alex Mack faced. So, you know, I don't know what I would – personally, I don't know what I would do in her situation. So it's it's a tricky – it's a tricky thing. And and also, although you know, all along, you know, her dad was working on a on a cure for something he didn't even know his daughter was inflicted with. Right, and then <laughs> she kept on explaining. You know, he kept after explaining to her that, and we go into that that George even says, "You don't know uh, what the long term effect in these chemicals can do. There could always be some long term danger." And thankfully, he found a, an antidote. And even though her sister Annie was working on an antidote, she did not have enough information, but he did. 
and with that alone. Not also coming with that, but also Daniel knew that they had him here and she had to get rid of him. So she planned to blow up the chemical plant with them inside, linking that she had so that she has no history uh, to GC-161. So she was planning to flee the country and with a Swiss bank account in her hand. <laughs> yeah. now, luckily to her friends Ray and Hunter, they break her, break them out. Hunter stops Atron from leaving the country. And the the chemical plant is destroyed by mostly everyone. Um, Atron is arrested by the FDA. Thanks to also with the assistance of Dave, the truck driver, who was also, in the time, like, even though he didn't have a good look um, back in the time that he initially found from his memory and spying on Alex, but she decided that, he decided that, you know, they too, like, he knew the threat. He knew that they would harm her. So he did everything in the power to keep her safe as well. And later as it, it as it comes out, and this is where the part which I would be getting into this, um, at the ending, uh, Ju- Alex's father gives the antidote to her. And the ending scene, we show that, you know, she does um, her electricity one more time, holding up the antidote. And, like, this is the end, or is it? Do we know if she really um, takes the, the antidote? Which also bring, which could leave room for, which I would think, of, like, a reboot or someone. And, you know, I asked that question to Tom Lynch on that yes. interview. And let me just put this here on nostalgia time because I can say this. He wants to do a reboot of The Secret World of Alex Mack. But he wants to do it his way. And to be honest, I trust his way. Yeah. Larissa Olinick as a mom, you know, kind of struggling mom. Hey, they're doing it with everyone else, right? Yeah, Brewster yeah. And, and all them and now, you know... They're it's doing it with Punky time. Brewster. They did it with uh, Girl. They did it with Boy Meets World. Girl meets girl, they, yeah. They're do, well, doing doing it again about. with Saved by the Bell on on. Mad about you. Yeah. Will and Grace. Yeah. So why you know, not? This is the full thing. <laughs> and obviously, twenty five years later, the visual effects uh, have been. You know, this technology has gotten a lot better, so they could have a lot yeah, of Yeah, TV now will be at, at least the level of James Cameron in 1992. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> and actually, it was funny, because uh, I think Tom Lynch mentioned how Terminator 2 was inspiration for the the, the silver puddle yeah. in Alex Mack, so that's pretty cool. I, I It's one of those things you, you just, like, always assumed, where it was like, okay... <laughs> They figured this out. Now we want to use it for this. So it's yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I I can see it. There's just like a much a, a yeah. lot in my mind for where where it could go. Um, but you know that decision is not up to me. That's up to our cre- to the creator of the show, and that would be Tom Lynch and the, and the network that owns it. Which it would be a full mistake not to go with it. <laughs> exactly, especially. especially in, in a time when reboots are are the craze, you know it's it's you know it, it's everyone's time. It, it's time for everything to come back. So this this is definitely on the top of the list of things it should. Yeah, uh, it's definitely is, but it's also you know all things have to connect. 
There has to yep. be, you know, he wants to do it. There has to be, if they wanted to get some cast members to come back to do it, they have to ask them. Because I, if I wanted to put it in a successful reboot, you have to have some parts of the original cast oh, to yeah, come back. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, 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 you know... I mean, I would say the first reboot that really did that was Degrassi, uh, The Next Generation. And it was like, they slowly, you know, they had the, the, the students from the original as the adults, and then slowly they all disappeared, except for one of them. Uh, but, you know, and then they did it with 90210, where when it started, it was Toy Spelling and, Brand, you know, you know, and then Jenna Dirty, and then they disappeared. But, you know, it, it's like they've been getting so much better with it where, like, these casts are actually wanting to do these shows and, like, wanting to, you know... I mean, with the exception of Fuller House and the Olsen Twins, uh, everyone seems to be on board for doing things like this. Yeah, it's definitely all the craze right now. And I think if they did this kind of, like, in the style of Cobra Kai, then we would have something even more oh. special than the original <laughs> You know? They could definitely expand upon the uh, existing characters and storylines and really make it something cool. So everybody uh, in the reunion and in the interview, we did seem to to be pretty enthusiastic about it. So fingers crossed, you know, maybe we'll see something soon. I hope. (laughs) I hope so, too. And I hope. And with this along, you know, the secret Alex Mack holds uh, a great deal to my heart. It is one of my favorite shows that put on to the Nick in Nickelodeon and onto the beloved Saturday Night's Snick lineup, and it forever will be. It's just well thought out show. Um, for those who have not seen this show, uh, please watch it. Um, I know they have episodes on iTunes, and hopefully, I, I hopefully have a feeling it will be on the streaming service on uh, Paramount Plus, which will launch on March fourth. <laughs> so, yeah, it's coming soon. Yeah, nice. Um, for that alone, we make a toast to the secret world of Alex Mack as we pop the champagne, keep on going, and we hope many people watch this. For years to come. Um, first, um, before we go, I want to be also be putting out for the future for uh, Nostalgia Time. Coming up in next week, I hope we'll be returning. Um, we are going to have our discussion of another favorite Nickelodeon show. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is one of my favorite shows along. And coming in March is Game Show Month on Nostalgia Time. We're going to be discussing two great game shows, Double Dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple. (laughs) Yes, I love that show. Oh, my God. Um, I have a little story about that, but I I could save that for for when we discuss it. All I can say from my guests is I hope you have a nice uh, Green Monkey, Blue Barracuda, or Red Jaguars when you do, because (laughs) that's going to be something to talk about on here. (laughs) So those are things. um, uh, Those are coming on to Nostalgia Time, um, but I'm so excited to talk about that. I also want to thank my guest today, uh, Randy. Thank you for coming on, the host of Unger the Radar. That's Unger with a G. And also, Unger the Radar is on Manhattan Neighborhood Network's Lifestyle Channel on Mondays at 11 a.m. Please don't forget, um, please watch. I'm excited. I'll be coming on a guest later on 
um, within the next coming weeks again. Uh, so I'm happy to do this with you, Randy, again. Thank you. And also with uh, Matt Roran, the head of Colt Cafe. Um, we have some very good stuff. Um, so I'm, and I'm just excited to keep on doing it. Hopefully you'll be back in the theater soon. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm inching towards that light. I need that light. <laughs> all do. We all need that light. And, yeah. you know, doing these shows, this is just a glimmer of that light and we need it yeah. more now than ever. So thank you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you guys for coming. I am Kid Champagne, Matthew Haberman, Kid Champagne, signing off.